And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back at My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and just you had time with your your family or however you celebrate Christmas. I hope you guys got everything you wanted. Yeah, it's been a while since I recorded an actual fresh episode of the Wonder Years and well, we I don't want to bum me out, but we're on the second to last episode of The Wonder Years. I can't believe that I've, I've covered almost every episode. And I remember starting this podcast going, I'm only going to do certain episodes from certain ones. And I did pass over some, but then I'm like, you know what? I've gone this far. Do them all. Let's do them all. There may, you know, and even I said in season six, I don't really know really that there are a whole lot of good episodes in season six. And, you know, as I was watching them, it really, my mind kind of changed a little bit. It's like I'm learning things about Kevin and Winnie and the Arnold family that I never knew because there are a lot of episodes like in the later seasons, you know, five and six that... I probably didn't see a lot in like reruns and everything and I just it's just been so much fun following this family and following Kevin and through his adolescence and his teenage years from you know his and Winnie's first kiss in the pilot episode to them getting together and then breaking up and then getting back together again and then breaking up slightly at the very end and then getting back together It's been such a wonderful journey. Well, today I am bringing you an episode I'm excited to talk about because we get some time with Jack and Norma and Kevin and Winnie together. The episode I'm talking about here, let me, excuse me, take a sip of my drink. Mm. My mouth is already getting dry. Season 6, episode 19, entitled The Little Women. Not to be confused with Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. This episode aired... Stupid IMDb, go away. uh, On March 31st, 1993, the last day of March. In this episode, Kevin is having a hard time dealing with Winnie doing better than him on the SATs. Jack is finding it hard to fathom Norma joining the workforce because, you know, back in the early 70s and the late 60s, you know, women just, they didn't really do that. They kind of stayed home. They were the housewife. They took care of the kids while the men went out and worked. But now we're entering a new era in the early 70s where women, they did slowly but surely make their way into the workforce and maybe the husbands weren't 100% behind them. But Jack has supported Norma going to college and getting her degree, which is great. What are the Arnold men to do? Take the girls out for a night of bowling, of course. Of course, because bowling solves all your problems. 
This episode, oh, wow, this episode's got an 8.0 out of 10 based on 118 ratings. This episode was directed by Ken Topolsky, who I think has directed quite a few episodes. So we do get Wayne in this episode. We get Jeff and Randy. No, Paul. Writers Neil Marlins, Carol Black, who are the creators. And this episode was written by David M. Wolfe. Oh, we got some connections. Okay, there's no trivia, but there's connections here. Uh, Little Women, title reference. Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Kevin and Jack watch this film on TV. The Flintstones. This cartoon is shown on TV at Kitchen. On TV. You mean in the kitchen? I don't know who put this up here, but uh, (laughs) your grammar needs work, buddy. Tarzan the Ape Man. Tarzan's yell is overheard. Well, of course it is. They're Arnold men. Soundtrack credits. Symphony number no. nine, Ode to Joy, uncredited. Oh, Ludwig van Beethoven. Is that the one that goes dun 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 dun? You know the one from the movie Beethoven. That's what I associate any type of Beethoven music with. Is from the movie Beethoven about the dog. <laughs> Stand by your man, performed by Tammy Wynette. Oh, I love that song. That's such a good song. Oh, we got some goofs. Let's look for these. I'm gonna look for these goofs. The family. Ugh, IMDb pop up. Go away. The family is eating breakfast on a weekday morning, and the Flintstones are on the TV kitchen kitchen tv on the tv kitchen (laughs) the flintstones were never on weekday mornings at any time during the 1973 to 1974 run well i remember the flintstone kids being a saturday morning cartoon even though they're not talking about flintstone kids they're talking about the flintstones all right now i'm going to the booklet the little women It's a case of the men versus the women when Winnie scores higher than Kevin on the SAT and Norma gets a high-paying job at a new company. Featured songs, I Am Woman by Helen Reedy. I don't know if I've heard that song. I'll have to hear it first and then decide. And Stand By Your Man by Tammy Wynette. Here's a little quote here. Kevin, how long have I known you? Winnie, almost all my life. Kevin, right. And in all that time, you never felt like telling me you were smart. Wow, that's sexist, Kevin. Thanks. She shouldn't have to tell you she's smart, buddy. You should know she's smart, because she is smart. I mean, maybe it's not just sexist. More insulting. It's like, oh, you never told me you were smart. I'm thinking, shouldn't have to tell you. All right, before I jump into the quotes and officially start this episode I always like to remind my listeners that if you have not yet if you enjoy the podcast I would love it if you go to iTunes under looking back at my wonder years and wonder years podcast and leave a review and rating every review and rating my podcast gets of course gets it more noticed by other wonder years fans like yourselves oh and if, you, if you're a new listener or if you've been listening for a bit and you haven't yet, jump on the, the Wonder Years Facebook page and, you know, even though the podcast is coming to an end, I will still be posting stuff on the Wonder Years. I really want to see if I can get um, a group started for the Wonder Years and maybe do watch parties and stuff like that with the episodes. 
Um, there's a podcast that I follow called the Walnut Grove cast, which is on, focuses on the Little House on the Prairie show, and they're doing watch parties and stuff, and I would really, really like to do that, especially for those of you, I mean, Wonder Years is now on Hulu, but this would also give you a chance to watch the episodes and talk about it with other Wonder Years fans. I just think that would be so awesome. Um, also, LBOM Wonder Years podcast Instagram page, if you guys want to hop on there and follow along and comment on the pictures. And if you'd like to send me a email and tell me how much you're enjoying listening to the podcast or just your thoughts about growing up watching the Wonder Years and how it changed and affected your childhood, you can do so at lbomwonderyearspodcast at gmail.com. And I will try to get all the, um, the links and stuff in the descriptions on SoundCloud. And Facebook and Instagram actually are on, on the SoundCloud page for the Wonder Years podcast. So you should be able to get to them from there. All right, let's just start this episode proper with the quote, the beginning quote. Narrator, by the spring of 1973, the women's, women's liberation movement was in full force. Across America, a revolution was in progress, shedding old stereotypes, building new roles. It was a time of raised consciousnesses and high expectations, a fight for equality and freedom. Women everywhere were facing difficult and complex choices. Take my mother, for example. She was a woman of her time. A woman of accomplishments. A woman who was appreciated. Yep, you might say in everything she did, Mom commanded our utmost respect. And whether it was pouring our coffee, buttering our toast, or simply washing our socks, we Arnold men supported her, encouraged her, Right up until that day when, Norma, I've decided to get a job. Well, you know, why not? You know, she has a degree. Use it, right? She worked hard for that degree. So, yeah. I'm thinking that it must have been a two-year degree because she started going, I think she enrolled, like, towards the end of season four, so it's got to be at least an associate's degree. The power structure's too long for the white middle-aged, male middle-class power structure. There are now large numbers of women who want to change their lot in life and who are looking for concrete ways in which to do it. By the spring of 1973, the women's liberation movement was in full force. Across America, a revolution was in progress shedding old stereotypes, building new roles. It was a time of raised consciousness and high expectations, a fight for equality and freedom. Women everywhere were facing difficult and complex choices. Plain toast or cinnamon raisin? Take my mother, for example. Cinnamon raisin. Here we are. Thanks. She was a woman of her time, a woman of accomplishments. Mom, got any more juice? Oh, of course, honey. There you go. And don't eat too fast. A woman who was appreciated. Good eggs, Norma. Good eggs, Mom. Good eggs. Nobody makes eggs like your mother. Mm-mm. Any more coffee? Oh, sure, honey. Yep. You might say in everything she did, Mom commanded our utmost respect. 
Oh, let me help you with that. And whether it was pouring our coffee, buttering our toast, or simply washing our socks, we Arnold men supported her, encouraged her. Right up until that day when... I've decided to get a job. A job, Norma? I think it's time. It is? Of course, the way we saw it, Mom already had a job. Not that any of us were crass enough to say it. You already have a job, taking care of us. Shut up, butthead. Well, I know, but there's not too much to take care of around here anymore. Karen's gone, you guys are at the office all day, and Kevin's practically in college. Besides, now that I have my degree, I just <laughs> thought maybe I should be doing something a little more fulfilling. It was hard to imagine anything more fulfilling than taking care of us. Well, if you really feel that way, maybe I can find something for you down at the factory one or two days a week. Which sounded reasonable enough. Well, actually, Jack, I was thinking of something a little more full-time. Well, like what, Mom? I don't know yet. Uh, just something that I could really sink my teeth into. Um, trust me, Norma, working's a lot different than going to college. The job's a lot of aggravation and hard work. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know that, Jack. <laughs> but I've decided to get a job. <laughs> to which, given the options, there was really only one response. On the other hand, maybe I can put in a call to Stan Woods. I hear he's expanding. Thank you, Jack. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, it was the least we could do. After all, the future was arriving, and men everywhere were being forced to deal with it in record numbers. All right, so the op episode opens up. We have some uh, women speakers who are speaking out about women's rights and stuff like that. Um, I'm really not too uh, versed in a lot of the stuff that was going on in the 70s and everything. It's just women speaking, wanting to be heard, which, you know, understand, you know, I mean, women definitely had put in their time and they want to get out there and, and be free to do the things they want to do. It's free to get a job without having to you know, get out from under their husband and be able to be their own person. Now we go to the Arnold kitchen. It's morning. Norma is asking the men what they would like. Would they like regular buttered toast or cinnamon raisin? And, you know, pouring him their juice, giving Jack his coffee, stuff like that. And... And I guess if you want to see, maybe she kind of drops the ball on them or drops a bomb on them by saying, you know, she'd like to get a job. She has a degree. You know, she'd like to do something with it. And I know that Jack is like, you know, honey, it's, uh, it's a little different out there. You know, college is not the same as a full-time job and everything. It's really, it's difficult and... 
It's almost like he's like, no, honey, your place here is in the home. You you take care of us. And Wayne and even Kevin is kind of thinking, well, yeah, her job is to take care of us, but he doesn't say it. But of course, Wayne says it like, what do you mean? You already have a job taking care of us. And Kevin's right. He's like, shut up. And it almost is like Jack is kind of, I wouldn't say totally belittling her, like, oh, making her think, like, oh, no, honey, a job? That's a lot more difficult than you can even imagine. No, you should, you should, uh, stay here in the home and all that. And, and she's like, I know that, Jack. I know that, okay? I, and, and he's even like, oh, you know, I could maybe use you a couple days down at the factory doing, you know, secretarial work or answering phones or whatever. And she just kind of looks at him, or, like, and I would almost be like, thank you, dear, for the offer, but I'm going to keep my options open. I, I kind of, she probably wants to do her own thing, which is understandable. Like, yeah, I want to be getting out in the real world, and I want to be working for my husband. No, let her do her own thing. But he says that so-and-so, uh, whether it's a friend of his or an old colleague from NORCOM, is looking to expand. I'll see if he can, you know, use you. And she thanks him, but it's almost like, you know, I can find a job on my own. I don't exactly need your help. But thank you. Thank you for the consideration. And when when she says, I'm getting a job, it's a matter of fact is, I'm getting a job. I don't care if you like it or not. This is what I'm going to do. You're not going to talk me out of it. So Norma asks if anyone wants, you know, more orange juice, more coffee, and this and that. And she's got coffee in one side of her arm. Then she's got a uh, carton of milk. And then in the crook of her other arm, she's got, I don't know whether it's a, a plate or a cereal bowl. And Jack is just sitting at the table. He's got his cup out for her. And he's like, oh, let me help you with that, honey. And he doesn't, like, help her with what? Extend your your arm, your hand with your cup in it so she doesn't have to reach too far to pour it in? I thought you meant, like, get up out of your seat. Here, honey, let me give you a hand. Let me take the carton of milk from you and put it on the counter. Oh, let me take that bowl or plate from you and put it here on, on, on the table. They help, actually help her out. Don't just, oh, here, let me move my arm so it's easier for you to pour. <laughs> uh, what would these men do? What would they do without women to help make them food and pour their juice and their milk for them and get them eggs and cinnamon toast. Ugh. So Kevin's looking, I don't know whether he's looking at maybe sports scores or the classifieds. Jack's just eating his eggs. And we see the paper that Wayne is looking at. It says World Secrets in like a red, like with white lettering and a um, red header there. And like, it makes me think, I almost thought, like, he was reading, like, National Enquirer or something like that. And also here, um, when she says, I'm thinking about getting a job, and Jack just looks like, a job, Norma? And Kevin and Wayne are just looking at her like, well, this is new. But, I mean, how long has it been since she must have, like, just graduated? And Kevin's response when she says, I think it's time. And he looks at her like, oh. It is? And even she makes a good point of saying, 
you guys really don't need me here because Karen's gone. You know, she's married. She's on her own. You and Wayne are at the factory. You guys are doing your thing. Kevin's almost in college. Well, and actually, he's a junior. He's still got another school your school left, but you guys aren't children. You are fully capable of taking care of yourselves. They are fully capable of pouring themselves a bowl of cereal and putting milk in there. Now, I'm sure they must be capable to know how to use a toaster. I, I, they probably could even make scrambled eggs if they really needed to. Was there a matter of life and death? I bet they could do it. But they're all just so happy to have their needs met and the idea of not having that you know that that comfortableness of being able to just you know sit there and have someone make everything for them wash their socks and do their laundry and everything it's like guys you're gonna be out of the house eventually and your wives aren't by the time they probably look you know kevin and wayne it's already 73. You add, because I don't think Wayne's going to college. He's going to take over his dad's uh, factory. Kevin's probably going to go to a four-year college, so you're looking at probably closer to the 80s, like the end of the 70s. Let's see. He will graduate 73, 74. So he'd graduate, what, in the this is 73. Starts in, he would graduate in 74. He starts college in 74. All 74. So 74, 75, 76, 77. He'd be out of college. And then eventually, maybe in his mid-20s, he'd probably get, you know, find somebody. He'd get married. He'd have kids. Well, the wife probably would be doing stuff. But think about it. That's the 80s. That's when a lot of women started going to work and everything. You see that in a lot of sitcoms. Growing Pains, The Cosby Show, Family Ties. You had both spouses, both parents working in, in the household. And the kids pretty much had to, they probably would have breakfast for them, but the kids clearly could make their own breakfast. Oh, when Jack is talking about how a job is aggravation and hard work, I love how Kevin, like, points a piece of bacon in Jack's direction, like, uh-huh, yep, I've been out in the workforce. Wayne, of course, yep, yep, I've been out in the workforce. So it's like, oh, we know what it's like out in the real world, out in the work, you know, having a job and the hardships and the complexities and the stuff you got to give up. You don't know that. It's like, guys, oh, they're trying to discourage her and keep her inside the house. I don't like that. All right, now we're finally getting to high school. It's lunchtime, and everyone is talking about the score. They finally got their scores back for the SATs. And some of them got a little bit of bragging rights there. Jeff is spouting off what he got. Let's see, 540 verbal, 580 math, and then, what is that one? 1172. Is that the total? That's got to, wait a minute, let me add this up. That only comes to, like, 1120. Hold on. I can't really read it. Okay, so the, Kevin says that they've been waiting for six weeks to get those results. And Kevin is surprised. Like, oh, my gosh, Lee came? Well, if Jeff got his, where are yours and Winnie's and Randy's? And Kevin tells us how those test scores will determine the next four years of their lives, as in where they will go to college based on those numbers. 
Well, I would think also your GPA and everything also, not just what you got on your SATs, would also help you. So Jeff just looks at Kevin like, uh, didn't you check your mailbox? And Kevin's like, oh, no. Let me guess. Were you waiting for Mommy to check the mailbox for you, Kevin? And Randy's like, oh, yeah, I got like a 7, he like 740 or something like that. And Jeff's like, or uh, uh, Kevin's like, uh, math or verbal? And Jeff kind of like looks down and like bites into uh, a french fry or something. He's like, oh, uh, combined. <laughs> And Jeff, of course, like, <laughs> well, you can always come work for me. So Kevin turns to Winnie, and he's like, oh, hey, did you get yours? And Winnie is really hesitant. In fact, she pretty much whole, almost mentally holds up a stop sign and says, I don't think it's good if we talk about what we got. She is really nervous, because I bet she definitely gets, she does. She gets higher than what Kevin does, but Kevin doesn't know what he got, because he didn't bother to check his mailbox yet. So I'm going to play this clip. 540 verbal and 580 math. Read it and weep. And speaking of numbers. Oh, they came? Yeah. The SAT scores. For six weeks, we had been waiting for the two numbers which would determine the next four years of our lives. Didn't you check your mailbox? No. I did. Yeah, what'd you get? 730. Verbal or math? Combined. Yeah, well, I wouldn't worry about it. You can always come work for me. <laughs> yeah, very funny. It was social Darwinism at its cruelest. So did you get yours? I don't think it's such a good idea to talk about them like this. They're kind of private. Oh, well, sure. I understand. I don't want to talk about it. It was practically code for Ed's junior college and auto body <coughs> repair. Besides, it's no big deal. I mean, after all, they're only numbers, right? Sure, easy for you to say. You haven't gotten yours yet. So what? When they come, they come. After all, I wasn't worried. <laughs> Look at these boys, I'm gonna kill myself. Jesus. <laughs> Not much, anyway. Well, she says, I don't think it's a good idea to talk about them like this. You know, they're, they're kind of private. And Kevin's like, oh, yeah, right, definitely. That's a good idea. We shouldn't. So, um, yeah, we don't know what Kevin got yet. And we hear this weeping off screen. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. This girl, this cheerleader girl is being comforted by another cheerleader and then some other girl. And she's walking down the aisle of the cafeteria saying she wants to kill herself because of her SAT scores. <sighs> well... I wouldn't go that... You can retake SATs. I'm pretty sure you can. I didn't have to... I think it's only you take them if you plan on going to college. I don't think it's actually required. But then again, things might have... I think it, it is. It's not required, right? Because I took the MEEP test, but I didn't take the SAT. I don't believe college was even a thought in my head towards... My, the end of my senior year, I think it was basically the goal for me was to get a job and secure a position at a company somewhere and get an apartment. Those were my two goals to work on after I graduated high school. And the, well, I mean, I might have thought about college, but the thing is there wasn't anything that I, I wanted to do at the time. 
So, so Kevin kind of tells us in a way in his head, like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Meant code for Ed's junior college or auto body repair. I wouldn't scoff, Kevin. People that do detail and mechanics make a shit ton of money. That's why you they charge you so much on your car. It's because they make a lot of money. There's no shame in being a mechanic. There is no shame in that. And going to a junior college is basically like a community college. There's no shame in going to a community college, getting your basic education stuff out of the way, and then eventually transferring to another school. It's like, yeah, so you didn't get into your dream school right away. You can go to another school and then eventually, hopefully work towards going to the school that you want to after you put in any, a year or two at the school that you're at. You know, work hard, get your grades up and all of that, and hopefully you can transfer to wherever. And I like how Kevin here tells Randy, like, oh, don't, it's not a big deal, guys. It's They're only numbers. And Randy's like, yeah, sure, you haven't gotten yours yet. You don't know what you've gotten. And Kevin, you know, is like thinking, you know, he's not worried. No big deal. And that's where we hear the weeping girl. The weeping cheerleader. Yeah, she's upset about the scores that she got. Yeah, and her cheerleader friend is, you know, supporting her. And the other girl on the other side is, you know, helping her along. Because the girl is just, her eyes are looking at the results of what she, her SAT scores, along with her wiping her mascara into her eyeballs as she's brushing away tears. So Kevin is in class. It's after lunchtime. He's in class. We see the clock strike three, and he's out of there. I think the end of the school day was like 2.22 or 2.21 or something like that. That's the time that we got out of school. And I think by the time I got, when I had to ride the bus, I usually got home... I'd say sometime after, like, before 3.30. Oh, Kevin, get, Kevin gets the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> you see the tire squealing. I'm out of here, bye! Alright, now Kevin is getting the mail. Hopefully it's in there. Just slightly curious. Hey, if they came, they came. And if they didn't, they did. So, his SAT scores come. We don't get to see him, apparently. He is so suspicious, or he's so nervous, and it's so private that he comes in the door. Norma's there, like, hi, honey, I have the greatest news. He's like, later, Mom, bye, as he dumps the rest of the mail on the kitchen table and heads off to his room. Closes the blinds, turns the light off on his fish tank, and then he grabs a flashlight and heads to his closet. And then you hear him shout, Yahoo! 
they're clearly good, good numbers, because otherwise he would not have shouted to the rooftops. Looks like the family's going to celebrate in the Chinese restaurant. Is this the one that Kevin works at? We can't get over it. 6.50. And what was it, a 5.80? It was a night filled with egg rolls and triumph. Well, actually it was a 5.90, but, you know, it's no big deal. They're just numbers. <laughs> it's a 12.40 combined. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought our little butthead would turn out to be an egghead? <laughs> Thanks. I think. But the truth was, I had earned the respect of the Arnold men. I think it's wonderful, honey. And the woman who loved them. Ayo, check that. I'll, uh, take that. Just send it right over here. Norma, what are you doing? Paying the check. I have a little good news of my own. I got a job today. A job? What kind of job? I didn't know you talk with Stan. Well, actually, I didn't. I just answered an ad in the paper for a job at microelectronics. Needless to say, this was wonderful news. Never heard of him. Well, it's a new business, Jack. Computer software. I met with the two partners. They're in their 20s, barely Karen's age. And they hired me on the spot. Yep, no question about it. Definitely cause for celebration. So, how much are they paying? <laughs> 125, 130. 225 a week. <laughs> That's more than I make. <laughs> Not for long. No way they can stay in business paying a secretary 225. <laughs> well, actually, I'm not a secretary. I'm the comptroller. It was like finding out Donna Reed is the main starting quarterback for the Jets. Well, that's great, Mom. I'm really proud of you. Thanks. And I was. Kinda. I mean, give credit where credit was due. Alright, so we do get to hear what Kevin's scores were. 650 and I believe 590. And Jack is just over the moon for his son's hard work at his SAT scores. That's amazing. A thousand times better than I'm sure Wayne did. So Kevin got a combined over 1,200. That's awesome. That's going to look great to the colleges. And Kevin's all like, oh, well, it's just, it's no big deal. It's, you know, it, they're just numbers. It's a 1,240 combined, of course. So he, he's trying to be modest and not rub it in, but he's like, oh, yeah, you know. And I, <laughs> Wayne's comment of, comment of, oh, who knew our little butthead would become an egghead? Like, oh, thanks, Wayne. <laughs> and well, Norma's got a little news of her own as she offers to pay the check. It's, all the food is on one of those little sliding um, uh, plate type things as she slides the bill over to herself. And Jack just kind of looks at her like, Norma, what are you doing? He's like, because he probably, he, I'm sure he's always, always pays the check. Now, the fact that his wife is, is offering to do this, I think that kind of deflates him a little bit. And she's like, well, I have news. Um, I actually got a job today. And they're all kind of surprised. And Jack's like, oh, you talked to um, 
think it was, what, Stan? And Norma's like, no, actually I just answered an ad in the classifieds um, for a computer tech company. And it's a couple guys, you know, just barely in their 20s. They're actually maybe even younger than Karen. And it's a startup company, and... And uh, Jack's like, what are they paying you, like, 125 or something like that? And she's like, no, 225 And Wayne spits out his food. He's like, what? That's more than I make. And, of course, Jack's like, oh, well, not for long. I mean, the uh, company like that would go out of business, you know, paying a secretary, you know, 225 It's like, that is mean. That is so mean. Support your wife! And she's like, well, no, I'm not a secretary. I'm a, what she call it, a, a comp person? I don't know what that is, but good for her. Good for her. You know, she's got a degree, so that probably puts her heads into, you know, above other people that probably applied that do not have a degree. What's her degree in again? I can't remember. I, and the, when she says that I got a job today, the look on Jack's face is just like, what are you talking about? We didn't discuss, we didn't decide that. And, and even Wayne just looks at her suspiciously like, what kind of a job? What the hell? Way to put your mother down and you, Jack, need to be supporting your wife. That was hard for her to go out there and do that with all your ridicule. Oh, it's computer software. Okay, that's what it is. Oh, 125, 130 is what he thought that they're paying her. And she's like, no, 225. And of course, Wayne's like, that's more than I make. Well, your father is paying you, so he's not going to pay you a big, big wage. A comptroller, I don't know what that is. I thought uh, the company is like uh, Microelectronics or something, which I don't know. Is that a real company? I'm going to look that up. Okay, well, here's something, something that's Microelectronics, Inc., privately owned corporation, uh, headquartered in Hillard, Ohio, founded in 1979 by someone. It serves as a parent company of the computer retailer Micro Center. It's online, blah, 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 blah. Oh, here we go. Microelectronics Wikipedia. What's this say? Subfield electronics, blah, blah, blah. Um, includes transistors, capacitors, inductors. Um, I think that's it. That That's all a bunch of electronic mumbo jumbo. I'm sure you could really care less about. It has nothing to do with the company she's working for. It's a fictional company. Well, I meant for the show. I mean, there's clearly a Something like that in Ohio. At least, you know, the only one that seems to be congratulating Norma and being cool about this is Kevin. Where I think Jack and Wayne need to take a chapter in Kevin's book here and uh, be congratulating her. Because that's not right. Alright, it's in school. Kevin is on top of the world. He's got his legs all stretched out on the table. He's leaning in his chair back like, oh yes, I am at the top of my game. I am the smartest man alive. So I'm going to play this clip because I think that Winnie is going to burst his bubble. Just deflate him just a little bit. After all, intelligence, talent, and brilliance just seem to run in our family. 
Not that I was going to brag about it or anything. 12.40. Already? I thought it was just 11.30. No, I didn't mean that. What did you mean? Nothing. Okay. Well, since she asked. Just, uh, my SAT scores. You mean you got them? 650 verbal, 590 math. Kevin, that's terrific. Well, you know, they're just numbers. <coughs> mentions how he got a, you know, 500-something and a 500-something they come to, like, uh, wait a minute, hold on, let me go back, guys, I'm sorry, I want to get this right, I want to rush through it. Okay, 1240, that's right, that's right, that's what he got. And she kind of looks at him, like, I thought it was just 1130, she's looking at the clock, she's, like, thinking he's talking about the time, like, oh, no, I didn't mean that, I mean, you know, my SAT scores. And she's like, oh, that's great. That's great. I'm so proud of you, Kevin. See, she's such a sweetheart to compliment her boyfriend. 650 ver verbal, 590 math. All right, that's great. So, of course, um, when, you know, of course he's going to want to know what she got. And she just, like, doesn't want to talk about it. But then the librarian so nicely comes over with some college books. We got Yale, we got Harvard, we got, what the heck is the other one? Princeton, and she's looking, and then the lady says, I'll be right back with the one for Dartmouth. So, of course, Kevin is like, this is no Ed Junior College. You know, in his head, he's thinking, like, how the hell much did you get more than me? Because, clearly, if you're looking at Yale, Harvard, Princeton, and Dartmouth, you gotta have a pretty damn high SAT score to get in there. They're not gonna even, like, blink at Kevin's score. 725 verbal and seven. What did you say? 757 math? 
which is combined 1482, I believe. Although he's like, that's like 1481. She's like, well, it's actually 1482. And she's like, aren't you happy for me? And he's like, are you kidding? Like, that is not a I'm happy. Like, oh, are you kidding? Of course I'm happy. No, it's a, are you kidding? I can't believe you. The fact that you got higher than I did, it's like, Kevin comes from a generation that thinks that he's supposed to be smarter than women and get a higher SAT score than women and, and everything. And he can't even be supportive of his girlfriend. I and mean, let me ask you guys out there, if you were dating someone in high school and they got a higher score than you on the SATs, would you treat them like garbage or would you just like... Pfft, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you got this and this on your SATs. That's so much more. <laughs> or what if they got less and you got more? Would you hold that over their heads and be bragging about it? I mean, come on. I mean, that's probably just no different than, like, when you're looking at colleges and you're dating somebody and you're deciding where to go based on where your significant other is going. It's like, no, because you don't even know if you're going to be together. For those four years of college, if you I don't make college decisions on your significant other, that's not right, and that's not going to help you in the long run. I mean, if if you both care about each other and everything, and and you go to different colleges and you make it work, if you can't make it work, you know, then that's you know up to you and your relationship and everything. But I mean, clearly we're talking about SAT scores and how it affects. Teenagers that are in relationships, but even so this is like we don't know what Jack's salary is You know his uh, you know, he owns his own business and everything so we don't know what he's giving himself Is that the thing like if you own your own business you can set your own salary? I don't know. I also want to look and see like what the SAT like how much you have to have to get into like Yale or Harvard so I'm looking at the Harvard admissions statistics. What I'm seeing here is the average SAT score composite at Harvard is at 1520. All right, well, yeah. So I guess 1505 gets you into Yale. And I think, I mean, if that's what you are aiming for when you get into school, into high school, and say so you have a set mind already of where you want to go, if you're aiming really high for that, you've already prepared yourself as far as for your education and you worked your butt off so you know exactly what to aim for once you get to high school to get those grades, to get that GPA, to get into your dream school. So. And she's just kind of saying what he said, you know, it's just a number. It's just a number. And she's like, aren't you happy for me? He's like, are you kidding? I'm like, come on. Really, Kevin? All she wants for you is to be proud of her. That's not a hard thing to do. Just, I know you feel emasculated, but, you know, just, come on, be happy for your girlfriend. She just gets up, of course, Winnie-style, frowns at him. Like, I really, you hurt my feelings, Kevin. I'm gonna walk away now. Bye. Yeah, Winnie gathers her stuff and gets out of there like, you're an asshole, Kevin. Why do I date you again? Why can't you support me in anything? He has never supported her in anything. Well, except that time that she was in that play and he held up the spotlight for her. That was about it.
So, it's dinner that night. She's got a roast in the oven that she pulls out. And she's, Norma is just going to town talking about all the, uh, the product line and everything, all the stuff that they're doing at this company. And she is just so excited. Why can't the men be happy for her? And the technology these people work with is absolutely fascinating. Did I tell you we're introducing a whole new product line? It wasn't long before my mother began basking in the excitement of her newfound career. And guess what? I discovered today that I can amortize the cost of development over our entire fiscal year. And as she shared the joys of her new challenge, we reacted like men everywhere. That way, we'll be able to expand our base. We began to feel <coughs> shortchanged. That's great. Now, what are the chances we can get some... Here's the bread? Bread. Here you are. Of course, they're still trying to keep the prices down, but overall... When the more we began to feel shortchanged, the more we became suspicious. So where the heck is Anyone need butter? Butter. Did I tell you why I'm working with Pat Banks on this? She's the vice president. Can you imagine that? Here are the beans. Beans. And the potatoes. Potatoes. Let's see. Um, I guess we're all set. But no matter how Mom tried to ply us with butter and beans, we weren't fooled. Not us. Wait a minute. Look. I got a hole in my sock. Yep. No question about it. <laughs> the place was going to pot. These men, the Arnold men, are being buttheads right now. They really, really are. They're just looking at the roast that she put on the table, and they're poking at it, and they're like, where's the this? She's like, potatoes, butter, beans, this, that. It's like, as soon as the word comes out of their mouth, where's this? She places it right in front of them before they even finish the word. And then, I don't, this just seems out of left field for Jack. He puts his foot up, like, I got a hole in my sock, like, this is on you, Norma. Because you're doing your going to your job and talking about annual fiscal year and numbers and and this and that. I have a hole in my sock. Good for you, Jack. You know what you do? You throw the socks away, you grab another pair. You don't necessarily need to mend the sock. Well, unless you want to. But come on. It's like he's trying hard to find something that he can nitpick about his wife. I, I, I'm i just thinking the, the way that she's at her job, she's like on top, like on everything. Boom, boom, boom. She's also become more efficient at her job at home as well. It's like she's on top of stuff. So now we get to the point and Kevin's gonna whine and cry because his score isn't nearly as impressive as Winnie's. Remember on the OC, I think it was, what, season three, that Summer Roberts had gotten a higher score than Seth Cohen, and, you know, they were dating at the time, and he kind of, like, didn't like the idea that she got a higher score than he did. Like, ugh, grief. <laughs> Nothing. And speaking of going to pot. Are you just not in the mood? Of course I'm in the mood. I am always in the mood. I'm just not a piece of meat, that's all. What are you talking about? Nothing. There was no way I was giving her the satisfaction of telling her. 
You're upset about my SAT scores, aren't you? What? <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. I don't know why you should be. Yeah, well, I'm not. I mean, how long have I known you? Almost all my life. Right. And in all that time, you never felt like telling me you were smart? <laughs> Good thing this wasn't bothering me. Kevin, you knew I was smart. In the fourth grade, I knew you were good at math, okay? I didn't know you were some kind of Einstein or someone. I mean, gosh, you think you know someone, and then, bam, you find out they're hiding things from you. I didn't hide anything. Oh? How come you didn't tell me about your test scores? I don't know. I just... I just thought that it might hurt your ego. Ego? <laughs> that just goes to show how much you know. I don't even have an ego. Kevin, you're acting so stupid about this. Now see, if I'd had an ego, a remark like that might have really, really hurt. Huh. So I'm stupid. I didn't say you are stupid, I said you're acting stupid. Oh, but I guess if I were as smart as you, I would know exactly what you were talking about, right? All in all, I think you could say I was handling this rather maturely. I have an idea. Let's go home. <laughs> So apparently Kevin is not into making out with his girlfriend and she's all ready to get down to making out and he just will not let the score go with her SAT score. And remember how I said the quote like why didn't you tell me you were smart? Like I, th I thought it was I thought it was like engineering like why didn't you ever tell me you were smart? No, it's like why didn't you ever tell me you were smart? And she's like, oh, I've always been smart. And he's like, yeah, in the fourth grade, I figured, yeah, you were good at math. I didn't think you were a damn genius. He's throwing it in her face and making her, well, she doesn't feel bad, but he's trying to make her feel bad. Like, it's her fault. Like, how dare you keep this from, and, and she even calls him out. Like, well, I didn't want to tell you what my score was because I was afraid it would deflate your ego. It's an ego. I don't have an ego. Yeah, you do, Kevin. Yes, you do. All guys have an ego. All of them. Well, maybe not. I, let me pull back for a second. No, they don't. Jeremy, he does. He, he's got one. And it's like sometimes it's just I want to knock him down a peg or two. Because he always likes to sometimes lord it over me. Like, oh, I'm smarter than you. And blah, blah, blah. But luckily, I can be smarter than him in some other factors. So it works out. But I think that, yeah, that is... Well, she finally has had enough of him. And just... Because she's like, you're acting stupid. He's like, oh, now I'm stupid. And she's like, no, the way you're acting is stupid. She's like, I have an idea. Let's go home. He's like, okay. It's like, Kevin, you're being such a jerk right now. So Kevin gets home and it's dark on, but uh, in the house, but the TV's on. Put it better myself. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the castle. Dad? Hi. What are you doing on the couch? You tell me. Women. Yeah, 
was one of the most in-depth conversations on the subject to date. Sweetie? Your socks. Jack is on the couch, and I'm guessing that he chose to sleep out there, or did Norma kick him out of the bedroom and say, Honey, you can sleep on the couch tonight. I'm tired of listening to you belittle me and my job, and the fact that I'm working outside of the house. Because Kevin comes in, he's shocked. He's like, Dad, what are you doing on the couch? And Jack just looks at him like, one word, women. And Kevin sits down on the uh, end of the couch. He's like, yeah, ugh, I know what you mean, Dad. Norma comes out, and she's like, oh, honey. And at first I'm like, she, I thought she was going to like, honey, why are you on the couch? But no, she takes his sock. Oh, honey, here's your sock. And she drops it on his chest like, bye. Have fun sleeping on the couch. I hope you get a sore neck in the morning. So the movie playing is the attack of the 50-foot woman. Well, at least Kevin is feeling like shit now because of the way he uh, he realizes maybe he shouldn't have acted that way with Winnie. As we see the girls' basketball team walking past him. As Kevin's walking down the school hallway, um, we see this teacher kind of berating these two male janitors. Like, she's like, I've had it with something or other. I don't know. Maybe they're not doing a good job emptying the waste baskets or cleaning her classroom. So he goes over to her and she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> so he does apologize. Like, hey, I feel really bad about what happened last night. And she's like, yeah, I, I do too. So he asks, like, hey, I thought I'd, you know, take you out tonight to kind of make it up to you. She's like, oh, okay. So I'm always forgiven so far. So yeah, she's all for it. We don't know where they're going just yet, but of course, poor salt in that wound as the principal comes up, puts an arm around Winnie, like, hey, Winnie, congrats on those SATs. Oh, fuck. Oh, Kevin. Oh, Kevin, come on. Please, please don't be angry at that. The whole faculty is talking about Winnie Cooper's SAT score. Wow. <laughs> oh, Carl! Kevin wants to get his, um, his congratulations in there, too. Like, oh, hi, Mr. So-and-so. Remember me, Kevin Arnold? I'm sure the teacher's gonna look at her, the principal. The principal, right, is gonna look at him and just like, who are you again? <laughs> Did he just call Kevin Kelly? I have to, like, okay, I'm gonna play this clip. So you guys can hear it. But wait, what? Kelly? I'm sure there are guys out there named Kelly. Um, that movie Here on Earth that came out in like 1999 had um, Chris Klein and Josh Hartnett in it and Lily Sobieski. Uh, the character, uh, Chris Klein's character was named Kelly. So I'm sure there are men out there named Kelly. Still, by the next morning, I was feeling pretty shabby about the way I'd acted. I realized it was time to accept these inroads being made by women. It was time to accept the realities of the 20th century. It was time to act like a liberated man. Winnie? Oh, hi. And crawl like a dog. Hi. Listen, I feel really bad about what happened last night. Me too. And, uh, well, I thought we can go out tonight. So I can kind of make it up to you. 
Okay. Sure. That sounds good. Great. I mean, no sense letting a few numbers come between us. Winnie! Oh, hi, Mr. Gatt. <laughs> Congratulations on those SATs. Uh, the whole faculty's talking. Thanks. You know, there's a world of opportunity for a bright young lady like you. Yeah, I'm really excited. <laughs> I bet you are. You will keep me posted, won't you? I will. Uh, hi, Mr. Glenn. Hey, how's it going, Kelly? <laughs> Kelly? It was a girl's name. <laughs> so where to? Oh, God. <laughs> what? Where do you want to go tonight? How about, uh... And that's when I heard it. A far-off call. A primordial cry. It echoed across the savannas of ancient Kenya. It thundered in the drums of ancestral tribes. And it said to me... Alright, they're going bowling! It's so funny that Kevin even says, like, Kelly? Thinking of, like, Kelly? That's a girl's name. <laughs> Um, and when he's all like, Kevin, um, where, where did you want to go tonight? And he was, you know, he's like, oh, what? Oh, um, hmm. And we hear the Tarzan call as going to go bowling. The only bowling I do now is on the Wii. And that's not very often <laughs> anymore. I really should get into that. I remember, I remember in, um, I think it was through... Junior high PE, like in sixth grade, we would go um, roller skating every once in a while, and then in eighth grade we would do the uh, we'd go bowling, and what that really sucked for me because I didn't really have friends in PE, and my gym teacher, nice lady that she was, she usually have to like put me on somebody's team, which is extremely hella awkward. Like, ugh, you don't want me here, I don't want to be here, but I'm being forced to. This sucks. Not to mention the shoes were frickin' disgusting. Ugh. So I'm guessing, okay, Winnie wears a size 5 and Kevin wears a size 8? Wow, he's got tiny feet. For a guy. Aren't guys' feet normally in the 10-11 range? I know my, si my feet are size 8. Sometimes it, it, it sometimes it depends eight, um, maybe eight and a half, sometimes seven and a half. Very rarely is it seven and a half, but it's usually eight, eight and a half, which I guess is the common woman's foot size. This was the ticket. Oh, it was almost inspired. Isn't this great? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> More than inspired. It was genius. The bowling alley. The last bastion of maildom. An island of stability in a changing world. It was about manly things, like unmuffled clamor and uncurbed fashion. It was about sweat and muscle and grunting and belching. A place that drew real men like flies. Dad! Hey. What are you doing here? I don't know. I just felt like bowling. Hmm. Seemed Dad must have heard that same primordial scream. Oh, hi, Mrs. Arnold. Hi. Well, what a surprise. So, you two want to join us? Sure. Why not? What could be better? 
A night at the lanes. Guys doing guy things. Winnie, I love your outfit. Uh, thanks. Oh, I really like your hair like that. Chicks talking chick things. Just the way the big guy upstairs intended it. I heard about your SAT scores. I am really proud of you. Wait a minute. Thanks. Oh, and I heard about your job. That sounds wonderful. Are we going to bowl or what? Yeah, let's get started. Norma, you go first. Okay. After all, there was no sense wasting time on idle chit-chat. There was a game to be played here. So, to Kevin's surprise, as he and Winnie get ready to um, find their lane, pick a ball, and all that stuff, I noticed that they got the um, the paper, which I get back in the early 70s, I guess that's how you had to do that before it became like an electronic thing that actually kept your score for you. And, yeah, guess who's at the lane next to them? Mom and Dad. Oh, that'll be fun. So I'm guessing this was not Jack's idea to bowl, because he's not happy to be there. But it's like, I think he just is still harping on the fact that Norma's got a job and she's not home doing what he thinks she should be doing. Mending his socks, fixing his meals, doing his laundry. You know, stuff like that. So he, he, he's just in a sour-ass mood. Kevin is also, as Nor Norma, you know, and Winnie are doing their girl talk thing. Like, oh, Winnie, I love your outfit. I love your, and, and Winnie's like, oh, Mrs. Arnold, I love your hair. And, of course, Norma kind of touches her hair. Like, oh, you think so? It's nice. And, of course, Jack is like, hey, if we're going to bowl, then let's bowl. That's what we came here to do. And, um... Also, after Win uh, Norma mentions Winnie's SAT scores and Kevin's just rolling his eyes, like, you guys need to knock it off. Seriously. Stop. So Jack's like, all right, Norma, you're up. It's like, they're, they're, you guys are being jerks to your girls here. Knock them all down. <coughs> I'm not really very good at this. That's, That's okay. okay. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> Until something happened. Mom's ball began what was to become the longest single trek in the history of bowling. Its momentum was relentless. Its progress, inexorable. There was an inevitability to the fate of that roll that carried a message that resounded across the country. Jack and Kevin are kind of sitting. She, oh, forgive me. <laughs> I'm not really good at this. Bowling was never my strong suit. And Kevin and Jack are all like, that's okay. With these grins on their faces, like, oh, finally something we can beat our girls at. Of course, Norma 
goes and throws the ball. It goes slowly, as Kevin says, the longest roll in history of bowling. And at first, you know, it knocks all the pins down but one, and then the other one knocks over, and she's like, yes, I got a strike! Yeah! And Winnie goes and hugs her. And like, oh, they're celebrating! And then we see Jack and Kevin's face. <laughs> and Jack is like, what the hell? Let's make it the men versus the women. What in the Oh my god! Norm, somebody put these men in their places. Put them in their places and show them that they're being jerks. Because they're being jerks. Great idea. <laughs> next hour saw one of the greater bowling displays of that or any other season. Not by the Arnold women. By the Arnold men. <laughs> we had it all, Dad and I. And we weren't afraid to use it. For the next 30 frames, we took off the gloves. We showed no mercy. We slaughtered them. <laughs> and when it was over, I think they were impressed. I know we were. So it's funny. <laughs> Kind of watching Kevin and Jack just celebrate and just doing a little dance and hugging each other. Yeah, we're crushing them. And Winnie and Norma are just kind of watching their guys like, yeah, good for them. They're not disheartened or anything. Like, well, we aren't really the greatest, but they clearly, you know, got a better. It's like the guys had something to prove. Why? I mean, I understand. I mean, Kevin with the SAT things, he almost wants something that he can have to rub in Winnie's face. Like, here, I'm better at you the, at bowling than, than you are and everything because he's feeling kind of butthurt about getting a lower score than Winnie on the SATs. And Jack, I don't get what exactly his problem is other than the fact that just that Norm is working. Not necessarily that she's working with two young 20-something men, but that she's just working in general and he feels her place should be in the home. But he supported her going to school and getting a degree. He must have known the fact that that degree later could lead to her possibly getting a job. So I'm going to play the clip here as Kevin and Winnie, he's driving her home, and the song Stand By Your Man is on. I love this song. I love this song. It's so beautiful. And, you know, Kevin's like, oh, I'm sorry we beat you so bad. And Winnie's like, just, she's fine with it. That's okay. And, you know, she got to spend time with her guy. You know, watch him have a good time instead of being a sorry, angry, sad sack. Sorry we beat you so bad. It's okay. I had a really nice time. That night, 
driving home, things seemed right again. I mean, you couldn't help but win. You're just so good. <laughs> See, it's all a matter of form. You want to put your whole body into the ball and let your momentum do the work. And release. That's wonderful, honey. I guess the natural order had been restored. So, we could afford to be magnanimous. By the way, congratulations on your SAT scores. Thanks. I mean, no sense being pig-headed. The way I saw it, the world was big enough for all of us. And besides, so what if women could influence government, take over big business, alter domestic policy, dominate education, make the world a better place? In one important respect, we still had a lot to teach them. Yes! Yep, when it came to being jerks, they still had a lot to learn. So I love how it cuts back between Kevin and Winnie and Jack and Norma as they're, you know, drive both driving home. And Winnie's kind of snuggled up to Kevin as he's driving with her head on his shoulder. He's like, oh, I'm sorry we crushed you, you know, and everything. And, you know, we got a high score. And she's like, that's okay. I, I, I don't care. It's just, you were really good. And it's just... It's, it's sweet. And then, of course, Jack is, like, talking to Norma about the fundamentals. Like, it's all in the movement of the arm and the way that you roll the ball. And she's like, yeah, honey. Yeah, that's 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 nice. So, <laughs> it just, you know. Um, but I am going to read the quote here that uh, Kevin talks about. You know, Kevin does say congratulations to her, which, about time, Kev. All right, here we go. Kevin. By the way. Congratulations on your SAT scores, Winnie. Thanks, narrator. I mean, no sense being pig-headed. The way I saw it, the world was big enough for all of us. And besides, so what if women could influence government, take over big business, alter domestic policy, dominate education, make the world a better place? In one important respect, we all had a lot to look. We had... Hold on... <laughs> We had, we still had a lot to teach them. Yep, when it came to being jerks, they still had a lot to learn. Okay, um, I have a question about that. When he says when it comes to being jerks, hold on, let me, when it came to being jerks, they still had a lot to learn. Okay, who is he calling jerks? His mother and Winnie? Who is he calling jerks? I'm confused. Now I'm kind of irritated and offended. Kevin, who are you calling jerks? <sighs> but anyway, Kevin's laying in bed as the song Stand By Your Man plays. And we see the bowling score, which is on his nightstand, his bedside table. I'm surprised they didn't, like, put it on the refrigerator with a magnet or something to show it off. But that is the end of the episode. Um, for the um, Flower Power episode rating, I'm going to... I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. The only two things I didn't like, I didn't like the way that Jack 
was acting at the bowling alley. I didn't like, you know, with him like, hell, oh, let's make it men versus women. And and he's all like, when Winnie and Norma are talking and chit-chatting about, you know, her SAT scores, Norma's hair, and this, oh, I like how you're dressed, Winnie. And, and Jack is just getting more and more foul-tempered by the second. Like, Arr. and just the way that he was acting at the dinner with them say him saying, oh, well, they're going to go out of business, that company you're working for, if they're going to pay you as a set for being a secretary at 225. It's like, he, he, he's just putting her down. And the fact that he had to say how his sock needed to be, like, oh, you got dinner okay. Everything I asked for, you had right in front of me. Oh, but the one thing you messed up on is that my sock has a hole in it and you clearly missed that and you didn't hem it for me which she does later and she throws it on his lap when he's laying on the couch like here you go bye you're still on the couch tonight I'll be loving all that space that I get in our bed um but the, yeah I, I like just um and you know I remember making a thing about how I thought that this was a scene where Jack and Winnie get to speak it's not They've never had a scene together where they actually exchange dialogue. It sucks, but whatever. Um, the three things I liked. I liked Winnie's, you know, her getting her SAT score. I liked her getting in Kevin's face about, you know, him being a big jerk and being stupid. Calling him out when she is in the car with him and he doesn't want to make out with her because he's too butthurt about the fact that she did better on her SATs than he did. And, um, just Winnie, or Winnie, um, Norma at the beginning saying how she wants to get a job and everything like that. And her paying, wanting to pay for the meal. So, yeah. Just, Jack, I knocked the, the two off for, uh, for, for Jack and, well, also for Kevin. So, but Winnie and Norma were, were, you know, but I did like Kevin at the end saying, you know, congrats on your SATs. So, yeah. Um, Wonderling Words of Wisdom. As I said earlier, just be supportive. If your significant other, it doesn't even have to really apply to SATs. If your significant other, maybe say they get a better job than you or they get a higher raise of pay than you do or something like that. Be supportive. Don't put them down. Don't make them feel stupid. Don't say, oh, it's because you're a woman and so-and-so feels sorry or, or, or whatever. Don't, don't do that. It, it's demeaning. It's hurtful. Be supportive in every single way. You'll be appreciative of the fact that, I mean, don't take for granted what your spouse does for you. Whether it be man or woman, don't don't do that. You you know, or even even in a relationship in high school, just just be proud of each other and congratulate each other. That's when people need each other the most. Not just in the sad times to lend a shoulder, but in times of con when you do good on a test or or um any other time, just just be there and say, don't be. Don't be gritting your teeth and crying. I'm so happy for you. No, be, be honest and be, just be considerate. I mean, think about.
Ava, if you were in that position, wouldn't you want someone to, you know, congratulate you without being irritated about it? I mean, I don't know. Now I'm probably just rambling, but that's what I would want. You want someone to share in your good times, not just the bad. Just like you want someone, you, you had a bad day, you want someone to help build you back up and, you know, help you out. Marriage and relationships, guys, it's a team effort. You both put in the same amount of effort. You both put in the work. It's Relationships are never, ever supposed to be one-sided. Alright, let's talk about the next episode we'll be doing later this week, entitled Season 6, Episode 20, and entitled Reunion. The Arnolds travel back to where Jack and Norma grew up to celebrate their high school reunion. But while Norma's parents are thrilled to see Norma, Kevin and Wayne, their enthusiasm, enthusiasm for Jack isn't so pronounced. So, is there any connection? I don't see any here. Uh, this episode aired on April 28th, 1993, and as I said in the beginning of the podcast, guys, this is it. The next episode, the the, the podcast is sadly going to be over with. Um, so, okay, I'm trying to get things figured out as we've heard many different conflicting stories about how Jack and Norma met. Because I remember at Karen's, you know, before her wedding... Or was it after? There was, it might have been the reception. How, you know, Michael was going to get... He got a job offered in Alaska. He and Karen were going there. And Jack and Norma weren't really happy about it. But then Norma says... She said, Norma or Jack? Jack says, well, I took you thousands of miles away from your home. So, okay. Oops, sorry. My elbow fell off the table for a second. Um, let me see if I get this straight. In season two, the Dance With Me episode, or not season two, I'm sorry guys, no, season one. The season one finale, Dance With Me. I remember Kevin is asking Norma about how she and Jack met. She said she was working at like Macy's at the counter and Jack needed to return a tie. Um, another time we get a f conflicting story of how Norma was there with another guy and Jack was there and they both, well, and her friend brought Jack and something about these two guys were like getting into a fight over Norma. So, and, and, and now this says that Jack and Norma apparently went to the same high school. Wow, a lot of different conflicting stories. So I'm going to go with, okay, they went to the same high school. Maybe they didn't know each other. Maybe she was working at the Macy's counter. He had to return a tie. They, they met each other there, probably didn't think anything of it. Then they met at a dance or something. Maybe they met at a dance after high school. And Jack went into the army and, and everything. And then he came back. And went to college. Well, wait a minute. No, now I'm thinking, no, 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 no. Because she was pregnant. So, okay, let me try it again. Let's see. So, 
It could be they got married, he went into the army, he came back because she was pregnant with Karen while he was in the army. He came back, used his GI Bill to go to college, got into Norcom. Okay. I I think we can go we can go with that. I think that that works. That try to glue all these different consistencies of how they met and got together and we could try to transfix them and meld them together into uh, a compatible uh, story here. <laughs> Although now that I think about it, I bet Jack might be a year or so older than Norma. So she is, I guess, I remember watching the reunion episode and that Norma had a boyfriend at the time that her parents were hoping she would marry, but then she met Jack and decided to marry him. So, because her old boyfriend makes an appearance, like whether they were crowned prom king and queen and everything and that he was taking another high school, to her to her high school reunion or something like that. So... Alright, that will be later this week. Let's give a shout out to you listeners here. We got, and there, this is a very long list, so sit back and be ready for it. Green Bay, Wisconsin. La Pu... L-A, and then we have P-U-E-N-T-E, California. La Puente? I'm... I'm doing the best I can here. D Pierre P D E and then we have P E R E D Pierre Wisconsin. Another Wisconsin. Sun Valley, Nevada. Attleboro, Massachusetts. Washington, DC. St. Louis, Missouri. Greensboro, North Carolina. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mumbai, India. Schenectady, Schenectady, New York. New York, New York. Fremont, California, Hillsdale, Michigan, Mountain View, California. Dang it, my shoulder, back of my shoulder blade is itching. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, Essex, Maryland, Winnipeg, Canada, Asheville, North Carolina, Danbury, Kentucky, Connecticut. Oh my gosh. Zephyrillis, Florida, St. Albans, Missouri, Queenstown, Maryland, Graysonville, Maryland, Cairo, Egypt. Brooklyn, New York, Oakville, Canada, B-H-O-P-A-L, India, or, yeah, East Northport, New York, Singapore, Singapore, Petersham, Australia, Westminster, Maryland, New Delhi, India, Chicago, Illinois, Dallas, Texas, Elk Ridge, Maryland, Seattle, Washington, Dempu, T-H-I-M-P-H-U B and then the country is B-H-U-T-P-U-T-A-N Peoria P-E-O-R-I-A Arizona Q-U-E-S Q-U-E-Z-O-N City Philippines Kara K-A-R-A C-H-I Pakistan Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Ancaster, Canada, San Rafael, California, Bangalore, India, Irvine, California, Brussels, Belgium, G-U-R-G-A-O-N, India, Lima, Peru, Memphis, Tennessee. All right. Okay, everybody. 
I will uh, be back here later this week, possibly Friday, to do the final episode of the Wonder Years podcast. So I look forward to forward to uh, being here again one last time with you and then as I've said in January, January 5th in fact, the Growing Pains podcast will kick off with the pilot episode and then we'll just kind of you know make my way a little bit here and there, like I said I'm not doing every episode of Growing Pains, I'll tell you that right now I'm just not I'll pick the ones I want to do and then there, if there are any that I haven't done in season one, I can always come back to them, or I can let you guys vote on which ones you'd like me to cover. So, that way you guys feel, you know, like you're included. Like, you know, that way you guys have to say, like, oh, you missed this one. I'd like it if you did this one. So, yeah. That being said, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful, well, I'll be back before the weekend hits. So, have a wonderful Thursday and Friday. And... Honestly, let's hope that 2019, I really hope it goes well. 2018 for my family is just, I mean, you've heard me talk about my dad, and I just, I don't know, guys. I'm really worried that 2019 is going to be the year that we lose my dad, that I lose my dad, and that really scares me. Nothing is going to be able to prepare me for this. And I, I hate to be a downer, but those of you that have lost parents, my dad is my only parent left. My dad has had such an influence on my life. And, you know, I, I saw him Christmas Day. He wasn't able to get up to the farm because he was laid up. He had had a, um, another nerve block in his side because he has such pain in his side from, you know, another spot where the cancer is. And, um... It's not helping him. It's not helping him. And hopefully eventually they'll be able to do the chemo again. Because they've had to stop for, you know, doing these nerve blocks and everything. And I'm just really worried. I, Jeremy and I thought, you know, about maybe going somewhere on vacation next year. But I'm like, I, I don't know if we can. Because if we were away and something happened... I don't think we'd be able to get back in time depending on where we went. So it's like, just, I have the time in case something happens and my dad needs me. I want to be able to be there. So, all right, guys. I'll be back on Friday. Have a great couple days. Bye-bye.